Management Research. Hello and welcome to the Management Research Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Eugene Bogdistov. Hello and welcome to the next episode of our mini-series on organizational capabilities. In the last episodes, we talked about the resource-based view, capability-based view, dynamic capabilities view, and the issues that we have with dynamic capabilities view and in how much it differs from the capability-based view and the resource-based view. In this episode, we are going to go back to the concept of dynamic capabilities and just to see how we can approach it. In his theory, Thies proposed that dynamic capability has a kind of evolutionary nature. It works as a stimulus in response, and the stimulus is a change on the market. First of all, you need to sense or even shape the market. You have to find out what kind of opportunities or threats exist on the market. And if there is a threat or an opportunity is a kind of stimulus, that leads to a response from your firm. And he split the response in two parts, into seizing, where you have to seize one of the options that you would like to go. For example, the option that can help you to address a new market niche or to prevent a threat from the market. And then you have to respond with the reconfiguration of the resource base of your firm. Because at the end of the day, you have to implement the decision that you made. Consequently, a dynamic capability consists of three capacities. He calls it a capacity, but actually this is a kind of sub-capability. The capacity to sense and shape opportunities and threats, the capacity to seize an opportunity, and the capacity to reconfigure your resource base in order to implement, in order to address the opportunity that you decided to seize. He is not the only one who tries to propose a definition of dynamic capabilities and its elements, what they consist of. Barretta proposed to use not the capacity, but the propensity in order to show that there is a tendency within the organization to do something, inclination, inclination to being good in, for example, searching for new opportunities. He said the dynamic ability is composed by the propensity to sense and shape opportunities and threats, propensity to make timely decisions, propensity to make market-oriented decisions, and propensity to reconfigure the resource base of the firm. So, as you see, he just split the seizing into timely and market-oriented decision-making within the firm. Some scholars propose to avoid this seizing because actually it is much closer to what we know from evolutionary biology that you have the stimulus and response, and we can say you have to sense an opportunity or threat, and then you have to respond to it. So there is no sense in introducing an additional seizing capacity. Yet in terms it's a bit more complex than within a body. If there's something hot touching your hand, you pull your hand away. Within a firm, you have also this something what happens, like what we call the higher brain functions. You have to consciously go through something. That's why theoretically it makes sense if there's something happened to introduce decision-making process that would be reflected in this seizing capacity of the firm and only then go to the reconfiguration capacity. And finally, the, there is a big criticism from the side of the German uh, community working on dynamic capabilities. They say that actually you cannot define a capability, dynamic capability in this linear way, that there is sensing, seizing and reconfiguration, because all these three capacities, they are not consequential, but they are running parallelly. 
And while you're reconfiguring your resource base, you should be constantly looking for new things to come and probably for new opportunities, new threats. And it can happen that while you're still making decision, reconfiguring something based on your previous decision, you will have to change the process and it should run more organically and less linear. Anyway, although the approach seems to be very logical and in practice we see exactly something like this, it introduces some problems with the measurement and understanding what we have to look at if we are looking at dynamic capabilities and want to approach them. At the moment, the most popular approach is to look at the sensing and seizing and reconfiguration capacity if you want to approach a dynamic capability. There are several questionnaires, uh, I think one by Li and Liu in Journal of Business Research, I think it was 2014. The one by Wilden and colleagues uh, in long-range planning, if I remember it correctly, it was in 2014 and several other questionnaires that you can use in order to approach the sensing, season and reconfiguration capacity. By the way, these two questionnaires that I mentioned, they have a different logic behind it and the one is reflective measurements of dynamic capability, the second one is the formative measurement of a dynamic capability. And this is the theoretic questions because you have to understand how it works, what is, what are the these capacities and how are they forming a dynamic capability? Are they just reflecting something you have or are they forming a dynamic capability? Which is a very interesting question, by the way. And I encourage you to listen to one of the podcast episodes where we discuss the formative and reflective constructs in measurement. At the moment, I think it's sufficient. You have the basic understanding of what a dynamic capability is and what kind of discussions are happening right now. Wish you all the best if you're a practitioner, try to understand how a dynamic capability looks within your firm and who or what kind of processes, what kind of routines are responsible for sensing and shaping new opportunities and threats, what kind of capacities are related to decision making or seizing, how you can seize one of the opportunities and what are the processes for reconfiguration or implementation of what you have decided. Wish you all the best and good luck. Bye bye.